is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Come to Bethlehem.church. Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Well, we're back today with another book on another day. But first, I have a random question. What is your favoritest, most favorite, the best in your estimation flavor of sparkling water? Not necessarily a particular brand, but But just the kind of flavor. What if a particular brand is the only one that has that flavor? That's fine. What what is the particular brand that you're thinking of? It's the Good and Gather Ginger Peach. Ginger Peach is good. Is Good and Gather the Target brand? Mm Mm-hmm. That's Mm, good. Really good. It's kind of a congregationalist name. Good Good and Gather. Good and Gather. It could have been Good and Gather Baptist Church of Lakeville. Oh, well. Oh, well. (laughs) We missed it. Dave, you got a favorite? Kelly's favorite is Ginger Peach, too. My favorite is... uh, trying to think of what's on it maybe peach nectarine from i think it's aha h is that is that even how you say it aha a h a is that the, the one brand. that comes with caffeine in it not this particular kind but I, th- I think they do have some that come with caffeine but not that one what about you stacy um i like the sparkling ice brand there's one that's mango something orange mm-hmm. mango maybe okay Mm-hmm. Now, opposite question. What's your least favorite sparkling flavor? Uh, coconut. <laughs> Is there such a thing as just coconut? Oh, yeah, LaCroix, coconut. Ugh. I thought that was like LaCroix pina colada, but there's an actual no, LaCroix coconut. coconut. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I've never, I don't think I've ever ran into one that I just hated so much. I could, it stuck in my mind. What about you, Stacy? Lemon or lime. You don't like lemon or lime? No. Mm-mm. Mm. Too many bad associations of other things I've like what? had to drink. What? <coughs> just things. What? Never mind. Does lemon or lime go bad on things? No, I just don't like the flavor of it in a sparkling water. Well, my least favorite is Waterloo grape flavored <laughs> sparkling water. Is that the one you're drinking right now? <laughs> I am presently drinking it. I like that one. I just one. discovered it and it's disgusting. I like it. It reminds me of Dimatap. Ooh. Mm, everyone's favorite refreshing sparkling drink. Sparkling Dimatap. Dimatap. In other news, Panera somebody. Bread now has bubbly lime. B B L Y is a brand on tap. You can get sparkling water, flavored sparkling water on tap. I know. So good. Well, Dave, let's talk about what's bubbled out of your experience of reading that book. Sure. And sure. you want to bubble over for us and and sure. share with us what's what yeah. this book is. So I've I think I've read this book four times. What what book um, is it? It is called The Work of the Pastor by William Still. Um, the And you still find it after four times to be really helpful. I don't I think the last time I read it was three or four years ago. So it's been a little bit now, but it has been helpful. 
Um, I know that my uh, my father in law was uh, put onto it. I think in maybe even in seminary or so. It's it's an older book. I don't know when the original print was. Actually, I should find all that out. Where'd your father in law go to seminary? First published nineteen eighty four. Oh, eighty four. Where'd your father in law go to seminary? Bethel Seminary. Yep. Um, so the note the note on the front of it is from two thousand nine. So it was the year so that my birthday is for my birthday it says in 2009 and I started seminary in 2010. You were born in 2009? Yes <laughs> yep. Oh your birthday in 2009. Okay. Right so it says dear Dave we pray that this little book will help you in a big way to become the faithful pastor God seems to be calling you to be. So it's from my father-in-law and his wife so they've been really influential in my uh, wanting to be a pastor and just kind of passing these things along so yeah, it's it's called the work of the pastor. Um, it's a, it's a it's kind of one of those uh, books. You know, if I, I I think one time I said to someone, if John Piper kind of writes like the Apostle Paul or something like that, you know, very clear cut, lots of logic and um, grounding and therefores. William still kind of reminds me of um, of the Apostle John. <laughs> kind of keeps circling back around to things over and over again in different ways. This book reminds me um, of that. Oh, we, we, uh, you, you read it and I read it recently. Um, oh, it's another pastoring book. It kind of, it's by a Lutheran guy. Um, you know, the care of souls by Harold Sankbill. Yeah. So Sankbill, however you say his name. It, it, it's kind of a book like that. Just a long, a long time pastor talking about, what it means to pastor from both the word and from experience. Um, so the the first chapter um, is just about uh, feeding God's sheep. Uh, so just the just saying, you know, he he goes obviously to the the place where Jesus is talking to Peter and just says, you know, that this is going to be the the call is to feed the sheep, uh, and he talks about um, pastor as one of the sheep, but also the pastor as, you know, an evangelist, wanting to be one who's always preaching the gospel and preaching as if those there might not yet know it. Uh, talks about the pastor as a teacher and preacher um, and a pastor who's responsible for helping people mature in Christ. And and then he just spends some time there talking about how the word of God is central <coughs> because, um, because it's inspired by the spirit and makes a case that this actually has been really formative for me to preach the whole Bible, preach the Old Testament and the New Testament. So that was that was really pressed in in seminary too, but I think that it was already kind of in my mind uh, because of this book. Um, and then he just, he just talks about how feeding and teaching and all that is not just pulpit work. Um, it's uh, you're doing that in, in homes and in, that's the second chapter, it's the pastor outside the pulpit, homes and hospital rooms and uh, with other people and different settings and Sunday school classes, you know, all these little get prayer meetings. Um, so that, that's just really helpful. He's one of the first ones I heard about. We talked about the rest book recently. He's got a whole section here about knowing your limitations, um, which I just, I remember early on uh, being really helped by as I saw some that seemed like they ran around <laughs> like crazy, you know, with, uh, with, um, and my father-in-law is a really good model of that too. Um, talks about the practice of visiting, the practice of building a people, not a or you know not a 
institution or an organization. You want to build a people. Um, so just, you know, a lot, of, a lot of that kind of stuff. He talks about how to speak an old word <laughs> into a contemporary culture. Um, so, uh, and then, and then there's just a lot of practical things in here. Like, you know, here's, here's what I do on a visit. Here's an experience I had. Here's all these things. Um, and, uh, I thought, I thought particularly, uh, right in line with what we've been talking about, even in this, this thing where we're talking about the books we like, he has this, uh, this chapter on walking the tightrope and he's, he's kind of talking about various tightropes, various, um, various tensions you feel in ministry. And one of them he talks about is being a person who's in the book, but with the people and, and finding the balance in that. And so he says, we must not live in the world of books, but in the world of real people. Yet all that is worth saying to them of lasting value comes from books, <laughs> but it is all summed up in the one who is a real person. And the end is never propositions, theories, precepts, doctrines, but a certain kind of flesh and blood. The word became flesh to be a real person in you and me forever. God will never cease to be a man. He is a man forever. The hope is not an animality of any level or order, uh, but in man, the crown of creation. Um, so mm. even just a balance there of <coughs> kind of how he spent his time in his ministry. Um, so yeah, just, just formative. I mean, obviously, as I'm reading this, I'm realizing it was probably even more for, <laughs> so I'm recounting it again, realizing it was probably even more formative than I realized at the time because all those things are things that, shape in major ways how I view, you know, pastoring and having a pastoral team and caring for people and all that. So that's just a quick summary of it. But I read it, yeah, I read it first in 2009. I think I read it four times and special to me because of what's in it and special to me because it was kind of the first pastoral book I got when I was feeling called that way. Special to me because my in-laws gave it to me who've been really influential. So it's a sweet book to me. And I, and for for a season, it was out of print, mm. and so now it's now it's been back in print for a couple of years, which is great. So Bill still been waiting to say that. Bill, Bill still, still. Billy Schilling. <laughs> yep, um, that was his nickname. If I'm remembering correctly, Church of Scotland. Yep, I think he was one of the mentors of Sinclair Ferguson. Correct. When he was. Yep. Uh, well, Sinclair hmm. kind of stumbled on his church. Yeah, that's right. When he was yep. like trying to, he was kind of a, he, I don't even know if he was a believer yet. He was kind of walking around wondering what the church is about and walked into this place, this church. Actually, Sinclair just did an interview about why he moved back to a little town. And he talked and about Bill, it. And Bill yeah, was he actually, about he Bill talked still. about Bill still in there and kind of how his first mm-hmm. sermon was uh, kind of like the Apostle John. <laughs> yeah, well, he said, yeah, it was yeah. like, why is this guy like just keep going back to the Bible yeah. and keep keep saying things about why the church of England or the church mm-hmm. of Scotland is going off the rails, mm-hmm. like in his sermon that he's in, yeah. but there was something he said attractive about that, that he yeah. was making distinctions. Yeah, that's right. Um, and not, that's not, right. uh, not only positively speaking, yeah. but saying negative things in a sermon. Yep. Shocker. Yep. Do you yep. ever preach negatively, Dave? Do you ever say, uh, do not do this or watch out for this or, I think I so. Like I, I think, think I do sometimes. I think you do too. Yeah. Sometimes. If the Bible says it, I try to say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I try to say what the Bible says. I don't just try to say it myself. Nick has something he wants to say in response to Bill Still. Nope. Does he actually go by Bill or are you just making that I'm up? just making that up. William Still. Bill Still. 
Sinclair Ferguson actually has a quote on the back of the book I have that says, A great little book by a remarkable mm. missionary to whom I own immense personal debt. It pulsates with energy. Every minister should read it once a year at least. Ooh. Wow. So I am not I'm not meeting that standard, but But you've read it four times. But I have read it a number of times. Mm. And yeah. He still goes back to it. Still. Anything uh <laughs> Stacy, Nick, anything the, about the, the last book? part that you brought up, um, made me think of just the pastor embodying, I thought of the word embodying, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, the truths that he's teaching Mm -hmm. to his people, just living them out, being an example. It kind of reminded me of um, Heart of a Servant Leader. I don't know if you guys have read that by Jack Miller. Mm -hmm. It's letters from an older pastor Mm -hmm. to like his younger mentees or things like that. Jack Miller just wrote loads of letters to everybody. Yeah. And then published them later and got filthy rich, right? Is that not what happened? I don't think so. Not filthy rich. (laughs) Daniel. I don't think so. There, uh, there's, I remember reading this quote, um, back before, um, uh, back before just kind of diving into the bigger world of evangelicalism and stuff. And so this is a quote that is, that rings true. I bring it up because it's kind of what we've been talking about uh, as far as pastoring goes in our context of moving towards being a local church. Um, he says, um, many men make names for themselves as speakers, organizers, writers, good committee members, even as entertainers. They sustain a calling almost independent of or that has very little to do with the task of the pastoral ministry of feeding their own sheep from which they they derive their daily bread. Now you may think that in this modern world I'm being unreasonably hard. Shouldn't I spend a little time away from my own flock to bless other sheep? That's a good question. And he said, you should answer that yourself. (laughs) But he says, I seldom accept an invitation away from my task of ministering to my own people without first refusing it. Uh, I'm hoping I'm saying it and you're hearing it. What I want to say is this, too many ministers find other things to do either because they don't actually like the pastoral ministry and find it too hard or because it creates too many problems working with people or because they've gone cold, dead on it, and it doesn't cut much ice and they're discouraged. Ministers must do something to justify themselves to boost their ego, express and fulfill themselves. If they devote themselves to running large organizations or spend time forever on the round of, of visiting other places, they feel that they're doing something. Whereas if they devote themselves to the study and ministry of the word of God, they create all sorts of problems for themselves. They rustle many of their people until their fellowships are soon in a dither of change and challenge. So just, uh, so he has got some, uh, some words. He ain't holding and, uh, back. But I, I remember reading it and just, uh, I remember reading it at the time and not uh, understanding why you would, you know, why you'd not want to, why you'd not want to, just do exactly what he was talking about the calling to do. You know, I saw my father-in-law do it and that's what drew me to it. Like, Oh, he gets to be with people. And, and yet, um, I think it is a real danger. And I think with the internet and with social media and with platforms, oh, yeah. and, um, I just think it's an even bigger danger. And again, I, I don't want to quickly, uh, condemn anyone because I don't know anyone's hearts and I don't, I don't think that, I think that there's a way to do it really well at times, but I do think it's a good, he, a good warning to he just say, what, well, what is a pastor though? You know, mm-hmm. where, where should a pastor mostly be? And I think a pastor should mostly be, uh, studying for the sake of his people or with his people. And, uh, yeah. 
It's just a, so it's just a sweet reminder of yeah. these, these principles that kind of got put in me, and yeah. now they're coming out even more. And it's kind of an anti-celebrity pastor yeah. kind of statement. I mean, before there were such things as celebrity pastors, there were certainly right. well-known pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the kind of populism that we see in terms of I'm not really so much a part of this church as I'm so much a uh, I'm pastored by so-and-so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, who's maybe very famous. Right. Um, how many people have heard of William Still, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe if you've heard of Sinclair Ferguson, right. you know that connection. But apart from that, uh, you don't know much. I mean, however many years he faithfully ministered, 30, 40 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. I, th- I think you said it, like, uh, and influenced generations of pastors and his own flock. Uh, this is kind of the ministry we mm-hmm. aspire to, mm-hmm. um, to put our heads down, and continue to minister the word of God for decades um, and have an internationally renowned podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing that's kind of outstanding Man. there. So On our way. So well known. Anything else you'd add? Nick, Stacy? No, it's, I haven't read it, but been shaped by Dave's view of pastoring as we've done the lion's share of our pastoring together over the last few, lot, lots of years. <laughs> so... I'm, I'm grateful for, for that vision of ministry. Great. Thanks for bringing the book today, Dave. Yeah.